If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert, caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals and recovery support specialists. At RCA's state-of-the-art camp in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs like PRIZE, a unique program for people who have been in recovery but have relapsed. Here, you won't have to start from step one. You'll build off the knowledge you've previously acquired in treatment and focus on the areas of your recovery that need improvement. RCA answers the phone and accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most major insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. Now the crowd is alive. And Ticketmaster is your official gateway to seats all season. With Ticketmaster, the official ticketing partner of the NFL, your seats are secure and 100% guaranteed. If a last-minute snafu keeps you sidelined, you can sell your tickets with Ticketmaster in just a few taps. Oh, I love football. Buy or sell your seats this season at Ticketmaster.com NFL. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric here to tell you why I'm excited about the new season of my podcast, Next Question. My memoir, Going There, comes out October 26th. Yikes! So this fall, I'm taking you behind the making of my memoir. We'll have exclusive podcast-only conversations about the book and my life that you won't find anywhere else. So come for my signature curiosity, but this time, stay for some of my own revealing answers. Subscribe and listen to Next Question with Katie Couric on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. John oh, Bedard. Oh, oh, yeah. I pronounced that. A woman is a woman. Because I'm very Oh, no, American. that's different. That's a totally different movie. So, wait, wait. Say, say your title again. Une femme est une femme. I don't think I know that one. I'm probably saying it totally wrong too, but one femme, 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 something like that. Right. No, I, I wish. Feminine, masculine is another movie. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I wish we had someone come in today who spoke French because you and I are not very good at this. Uh, oh, hey, hi. Uh, welcome to our record store. I'm Seth and this is Tara. Uh, feel free to look around and uh, just give us a shout if you need anything. Uh, I, I took one year of high school French. And I can't say I retained much, you know, like what is there to retain from that? How about you? <laughs> How are your French skills? I actually majored in Spanish and minored in Portuguese just because like language Ooh. is the only thing that I thought I was pretty good at and actually enjoyed. Um, but I never learned French. But I like I said, I love foreign films, which yeah. I watched a lot because of my major. Um, so, But yeah, I always wanted to learn French. So, so how fluent are you with Spanish and Portuguese? Uh, conversational Portuguese, pretty fluent with Spanish. That's awesome. I, I, I also I, lived in Italy for a summer. So. How, how good it's are like, you at speaking Italian? Oh, not a, not any good with that one at all. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, look who's here. It's Sam Kranz. Hi. Hey, guys. It's my bestie. Bonjour. Oh, <laughs> That's perfect. You speak French, right? I mean, I should. I took eight years in college. 
And and don't you also you you have a, a like you have a sibling who is French is that correct? I do. I actually have a sibling that is living in France right now, and uh, pre-pandemic, I'm there every year. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, well, Tara and I we were just talking French things in particular because I think we're going to do our high fidelity game today about top five French songs. And our pronunciation is going to be absolutely terrible, but now you can be here and correct us. You, you can. Yeah, I hope so. I should be able to. Yeah. I also just want to say, um, you know, I love music so much. Everyone knows that. You know that Sam is like one of the only women that I talk to about music, which is really weird. Strange. It that is. I don't have more women in my life that I'm talking uh, about music to. So I'm glad I'm, that you're it's here. It's the same. I'm, yeah, I, I love music shopping. I'll come in every day. <laughs> every day. I promise. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you might rank on your uh, game. You're going to stay and play, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. For cool. sure. Excellent. Well, well, Tara, I believe Beyonce. it is your turn <laughs> to go first today. Uh, why don't you kick us off? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I'll just say that my choices kind of run the gamut as far as when they came out. Um, although when I was thinking this through, like there was a lot of music, French music that I like from the sixties, but also from the early two thousands. Like both those two timeframes were very heavy with French music that I loved. And I remember though, being like in the early two thousands, being so obsessed with French culture and like having bangs and wanting to be Jane Birkin and just thinking all of that was so cool. So I don't know why those timeframes sort of are so huge for me. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of great, you know, French music from the eighties, French music from now. I, I don't know. I, I just thought that was pretty interesting. So I wanted to call that out, but my list is kind of all over the place in timing. Um, so, but I'll start it out with one that's from neither of those decades, oddly enough. Um, and that is from 1983, Mary Moore's Pretty Day. This song is from a compilation called BIP, B-I-P-P-P, three P's. And it's a compilation of French synth music, French synth wave from 1979 to 1985. Um, I can't remember how I found that compilation, but it's so cool. I love it so much. Um, it's like it's like 80s new wave, but in, in that French. That sounds amazing. It's so cool. It's so hmm. cool. I'll share it with you later or I'll show you where it is in the store and maybe you can buy it. Um, <laughs> I thought Sam was your friend. <laughs> you can, as long as I get a discount for right. Pete's sake. <laughs> there you go. Friend discount. Uh, Friends and family. Just, just uh, uh, apropos of what we we're just talking about, man, Sam, you would not believe how small the difference is between wholesale and retail price for, for albums. <laughs> I, I remember one time I was literally talking to a wholesale distributor for, um, uh, records and CDs and, you know, physical music media. And it was like the first time I'd ever seen like the very small difference between a wholesale record and a retail record. And like, you know, you basically make, oh, two to four dollars the the, the 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 record store does on, on every sale. And I was like, wow, are your prices really, really bad for wholesale? And he's like, no, 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 no. You just can't consider 
that a record or a CD is the thing that's going to make you money anymore. They're um, they're what we call loss leaders. You have to sell something else. You need to sell T-shirts. You need to sell Funko Pop figures. You need to sell comic yeah. books. You need to sell something else. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want that. I want to run a record store. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to run a that Funko makes me Pop so store. Sad. And um, yeah, yeah it, it really, really made me sad when I learned I that, like that, that that the difference between a wholesale record and a retail record is like two to four dollars, <sighs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but used records, I mean, I guess it just depends on how much you're paying out for right. a used record, how much you would get back if you're charging or however much you're charging. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, no, it's um, it's depressing when you think about the only way for a um, record store to survive is to work in mass, you know, like like selling, oh, whatever, um, 100 records a day isn't enough if you're just selling records, you know? Yeah. And that's probably why a lot of the indie um, albums get deprioritized for like record store day releases and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. They want to get out those high volume albums first, the ones they think will sell first before those, you know, super rare ones that like you or I would want because we're nerds. Yeah. I, I remember, um, I believe this was in the autobiography of K Records. Maybe it wasn't an autobiography. Maybe it was just a biography. Anyway, I read a book about K Records and there was this part in there. I might be misattributing all of this. So take all this with a grain of salt. But there was this part in there about how it's not difficult to sell music to music fans. It's difficult to sell music to everyone. However, oh. everyone doesn't buy music often enough. Music fans is a niche group who buys albums perpetually, but there's very few of them. And that's why, you know, when you look at like the best-selling vinyl charts of the past five years, it's all things that like, you know, some boomer grandparent has repurchased. Like, um, you know, uh, uh, Abbey Road or Dark Side mm. of the Moon. Those are all like the number one spots because it's, you know, someone at Target picking it up for $30, you know? Interesting. I'm so sorry we went off this tangent. We it's are okay. talking about <laughs> BIP, which I'm actually very fascinated Bip. by. I've never heard of yeah. BIP. And in my head, I immediately presumed that just like how the French called that 1960s era um, Yaya, like all the, the French Yaya oh, yeah. singers, I, I just jumped to the conclusion that they called like the synth movement of the 1980s BIP. I have established that as canon in my yeah. head. Ooh, let's, <laughs> let's just make that true. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, yeah, I have that. <laughs> let's just call it that. Yeah, it's BIP and it's spelled with three P's. It has oh, to you be. Listen, oh, you listen to BIP? Of course. Sweet. I love BIP. <laughs> Sweet. I really actually don't know super. why it's called. Like, what is it? stand for i don't know actually. but i love it <laughs> i know um in music composition more p's mean quieter right like the difference between like piano and pianissimo etc cetera, etc cetera. the more p's you add the quieter you're supposed to play that music but that mm. can't apply to it so i bet it's just some french thing who knows i have no idea it could just be a I'm non sequitur too I'm just yeah. mad that I'm just now learning about it. Yeah, yeah. Shame on me. Shame I, I, I've, on I've me. never heard of this artist. I, I don't believe I've ever listened to any 80s French synth music. Not unless it was on um, the soundtrack for Call Me By Your Name. I don't believe I've ever heard it. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that stands for. And it's so good. I highly recommend it. Mm. Um, if you like 80s, maybe like Italo disco, it's a lot like that. Wow. Um, it's this song in particular, Pretty Day by Mary Moore, is, is rather gothy on, on the goth stream of new wave. Um, uh, but it also has a really like strong Italo disco vibe. And she's, she does sing in English in some parts of the song. She says, um, it's a pretty day to die, <laughs> which is one line. Uh, my blue eyes and your black, oh wait, my, your blue eyes and my black eyes or something like that. It's, it's, hmm. it's cool. Check it out. Also, um, this lady, Mary Moore, met this guy, Barney Wylan, who used to play saxophone with Miles Davis. And that, and like they started hanging out and recorded this song together. And that's kind of what spiked her career. So, kind of interesting tie in there, like Miles Davis, really cool. This French yeah. new wave goth <laughs> lady. Hmm. I love it. Uh, yeah. uh, I yeah. have two questions for you about BIP, if you happen to have the information to them. Uh, one, is BIP a solid listen all the way through, top to bottom? Solid, solid listen, yeah. Nice. I 100%. look forward to that. I'm definitely going to look that up. And two, um, when was BIP assembled? Do you know? Like like a, approximately what era? 2008, I want to say. I, I, interesting. I, I actually... I actually I like both. You know what I mean? Like I, I like a compilation made at the time, but I think I prefer a retrospective compilation because in hindsight, you can kind of choose things better. You know, like like nothing is like hyped at the moment. So it, it sneaks on there just because. You're saying versus if you were putting a compilation together in 1979. Yeah, or yeah. 1985 a, of a, a this same music. A flavor of the week bands or artists gotcha. might sneak on there just because at the moment you're all like, oh, I love them, but you won't remember them five years yeah. from now. Like look at like, you know, the Grammys best new artists, you know, 90% of them you've, you were, you and I have never heard about and we care a lot and we've never mm -hmm. heard of them, you know? Yeah. So I think actually, I think I may have maybe figured out what that stands for. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Mm. But um, it's from a Parisian label called Born Bad. And I wonder if because it's like a double B, they're calling it bip. bip. You know what I mean? No. I don't know. <laughs> like BB, it's like Born Bad. Nope, B lost me there. Born Bad. BB. Bip. Bib. Bib. <laughs> or maybe it's like Beep. Maybe it is like a sound, but they're spelling it out as like bip. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. We don't know though. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to number four. Sure. Um, number four is actually from 2019. And uh, the artist is Laure, Laure Briard. <laughs> Laure Briard. I'm going to say it like an American. Uh, and the album is, or the song is uh, Marin Solitaire. Um, this one, um, it's kind of a, has your classic French pop vibe, maybe some elements of psychedelia tossed in, think, uh, Melody's Echo Chamber meets Stereo Lab, but also, uh, Bridget Bardot. <laughs> I, I missed it when you okay. said the year. What year did you say? 2019. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. New, 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 ish, new, ish. <laughs> 
This is two out of two that I've never heard of before. This is awesome. Getting Me some neither. great recommendations. And it's I'm glad really you're doing newer ones. Yeah. I, I think there's only like, oh, I don't know, three like contemporary French bands that I listen to. So it's it's hard. I, I, I you, You'll see soon when I say my list, but I am mostly French 1960s Yaya fan. Like, like when I listen to French music, yeah. it's a lot of that Same. era. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. great era. So I'm, I'm glad I'm getting some... Uh, extra little flavors in here. This is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you'll love this song. If you like that whole 1960s era French pop, um, it's really melodic and beautiful. I love it so much. Um, yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. I don't really know much on about the singer. Um, but yeah, good stuff. All right, so number three. Man, pronouncing these words is so <laughs> hard. It's the R's that get me the most, I think. Um, well, that's the hardest part. Really? Man. Oh, yeah. Mm. I always thought it was that weird C that looks like an S and pronounces like an S, but it's not a C nor an S. I don't know what that is. Do you know what I'm talking that's about? A, yes. What, it's not a schwa. That's the upside down E in English. Um, is it? I forget what it's called, too. And then they have that in Portuguese, too. So ah. it's like, I should know this. this little, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Like oh. France, Francois Hardy has one of those, right? Francois. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly her. I know I used to say niçois salad, niçois salad, but it's niçois. Uh, Tuna niçois. Masculine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know nearly enough. I'm, I'm very dumb when it comes to French things. I, I, I like a bunch of the movies. I like a bunch of the music. But when it comes to actually knowledge, I am severely lacking. They would hate that about you. Of course. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Number three is from 2005, again, early 2000s, this is what I was talking about earlier. Um, and the artist is Camille, and the song is Da Dulour. Ta Dulour. It's from the album Les Filles, and it's kind of wild, this song, because it's like all noises made from her mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not um, like the instrumentation is super simple, like just like very light minor guitar playing, maybe simple drums, simple percussion, but it has so many layered vocal effects, like even fart noises with her mouth. And I know that sounds like it would not be uh, nice to listen to, <laughs> but it's such a great song. It's it's so enjoyable and fun to listen to. Hmm, I dig it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm always a big fan of uh, of uh, playful vocals. Uh, there's this one woman I, I very recently got into that I, I really really enjoy. Her name is uh, Charmaine Lee, and it's some of the most innovative vocal use as instruments experimentation I've heard in a long time. And uh, anyway, you describing this reminds me of that. I'm sure they aren't anything yeah. alike, but but in general, playful vocals, playful um, using your voice as percussive, as well as like, mm -hmm. yeah, ma making all the different noise shapes with just your voice is a fun thing. Now, uh, the way you describe it, though, it doesn't sound acapella. It's just she happens to be right. using her voice. Yeah. Almost in the way an acapella singer would, but this, this yeah, isn't but acapella music. Exactly. It's the, yeah. There are actual instruments with her own mouth instrument. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this is really funny. I'm sure people will judge me um, if they knew this, but I went to, I always go to Big Ears Festival. You you know, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, one year, this lady, Meredith Monk, played. Do you, are you familiar with Meredith Monk? I'm at least familiar with her name, but I don't think so, no. She's an experimental artist and does a lot of throat singing and mm-hmm. just a lot of um, experimental music. But with her vocal cords in her mouth, just all of that area. I mean, she plays piano too. It's not just that, but I, I went, I was very interested to, to hear her. I mean, she's kind of a legend in the experimental world and, but I swear, I don't know if it's cause I was drunk or something. <laughs> I, I had to leave. I was, I could not stop laughing. She oh. was meowing like a cat and just making the craziest noises. And I, I had to leave. I had to leave. I was just embarrassing myself because I could not stop laughing. Interesting. I felt like a teenager. No, no. Oh, I, I, I mean, when you get the giggles, you get the giggles. I, I mean, you, <sighs> I, I'm sure you didn't mean any disrespect. It's just, you know, something hits you in the wrong way at the wrong moment. And there you go. I mean, I felt so disrespectful though, because that is what she does. And I was just right. cracking up. I just thought it was a joke and it was funny, but I, I I've encountered something like it. very similar, but a different emotion, which is whenever I come across that like experimental kind of throat singing, I often feel kind of an increased anxiety because <laughs> their breaths usually are, um, I believe it's called circular singing, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're breathing in through their nose while they're singing out through their mouth. So in my head, there's like a natural timing of when you hear singers or even speakers, anyone, anyone living, when you kind of hear that like pause for a breath every once in a while. Like it's just kind of like a natural rhythm that we all kind of live by and talk by. And they don't have that because if they're doing like that, like circular breathing, oh, yeah. they, they, they aren't working by the same rules that all those mortals are. <laughs> so it, it almost feels like I'm hearing them hyperventilate because I don't hear them making enough breaths to kind of make the sounds that they're making. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's not real, but that that's that's an emotion I get from um, experimental throat singing and, and a lot of that stuff where it's just like, are they okay? Am I okay? <laughs> Someone's not breathing right. I think we need to investigate. <laughs> so interesting that you that that makes you feel that way. And yeah. There's a particular song on that Bjork album that she did for um, her ex-husband, Matthew Barney. Uh, what was it? Drawing Restraint 9, I believe is what it was called. And there is like a throat singer on there oh. doing that like the... Exactly, exactly. It's so weird. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a frightening thing to hear, especially if you're listening to it for like four or five minutes. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but sa- if they're meowing like a cat, yeah, no, it's it, funny. And and we don't mean disrespect, of course. A hundred percent. We do not mean disrespect. No, because there's a place in art for that sort of thing. Oh, like, absolutely. These are our yeah. own shortcomings for being shitty people. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, that was number three, Camille Tadelor. That was not better, better actually. That was <laughs> wow. better. I said it so fast and I didn't think about it too much and it just came out a lot better. Yeah. There you go. Luckily, the next songs, uh, song titles are a lot easier to pronounce. So, um, so number two, we're at number two, and this is Duh. from 2008. Yes. <laughs> oh, we should try counting down in French. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Let's try. Learn something. Well, I've today. already, thank goodness I'm at number two, although. Number two. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Duh. Um, 
so yeah, number two is uh, from 2008, and the artist is Sebastian Tellier, and the song is Roche. Um, this song is from an album I know, Swoon, a crooner, a classic crooner. The, it makes me feel stuff inside. I know. Actually, that's one album I don't have is Politics, and it's one of my favorite albums of all time, but it's so expensive on uh. Discogs. Um, anyways, but this is from the album Sexuality, Sexuality. Um, <laughs> Um, which was produced by one of the Daft Punk guys, Guy Manuel de Omen Cristo. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but you know, the one with the really long name. Um, and who supposedly, when he was approached to, um, when when he went to, I don't know if it was Sebastian Tellier asked or whoever, but whenever someone asked him to produce this album, he said that Sebastian Tellier was the best singer and composer in France today. Wow. I know. Well, he did that's represent huge... them in uh, Eurovision one year because that's that's the first year I, or the first moment I ever heard of Sebastian Tellier was um, my wife and I had watched that Will Ferrell movie uh, about, you know, being in Eurovision, uh, Will Ferrell and Reggie McAdams. And uh, my wife and I were like, oh, we've never seen any of this. The only thing I know about uh, Eurovision was that that's where France Gaulle came from, speaking of French people, that she won Eurovision one year, and that's why we have France Gaulle in our lives. Uh, so what, what we did one night, um, my wife and I have this system where uh, on Tuesday nights, one of us picks a TV show for us to watch. You know, we're just like, hey, what should we watch? Should it be Killing Eve? Well, it's your night to pick. You pick. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, on Wednesday nights, we play some kind of game. Usually it's a card game or a board game, something like that. Uh, and then Thursdays, we watch a movie and we take turns going back and forth who picks each of these things. Anyway. Tara, we should start doing this. I know. <laughs> it's a pretty fun system. We established this during the pandemic just because, you know, her and I have been stuck with each other for a year now. Yeah. And it's very pleasant. You know, I got a good wife. Anyway. Um, we do. But, She's great. Uh, she is. Um, so uh, one night while we were playing cards on our Wednesday night card night, uh, in the background, I'm like, you know what? I'm throwing on a Eurovision. She's like, which one? I'm like, how should I know? So I just <laughs> went on YouTube and I picked a completely random random year, just whatever. I just searched for like Eurovision f uh, finale, full uh, full episode or whatever. You know, I, I don't really know what Eurovision is. And in the episode, I would say there were like two or three artists that really stood out. And one of them was Sebastian Tellier. He like came out in like this weird power wheel. <laughs> and um, if no one's seen him before, he's got a huge beard, kind of a Jesus look. He's very long, tall. Yeah, yeah, long hair. He, uh, at least when I've seen him, he's wearing usually kind of these like like cream colored, suits. like leisure suits, like really, <laughs> really, really kind of dapper and almost seventies esque. Yeah. And, um, and Jesus seventies cult vibes. So yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's him. <laughs> and, and, and adding to the cult vibes, all of the fellow musicians and backup singers, both male and female, were dressed up exactly like him, including <laughs> beards. So everyone had, if they could not grow a beard, they had a fake beard glued onto their face. And um, 
It was wonderful. He he, he definitely so stood cool. out. Um, a lot of them, no offense to Eurovision, were very cookie cutter. Like no. they were all kind of interchangeable. But he stood out. He was very, very was French. Was it just to get, I don't know what Eurovision, it's not like America's Got Talent, right? Like it's not a talent show. So no, no, he was probably I, like a guest. I believe it's representational. What you do basically, and this is based on me watching one, oh. <laughs> one Eurovision <laughs> event. So I'm sure other people have seen it a lot and actually know. But based on the one yeah. I've seen, basically your country, and this is for Europe, you know, uh, you pick one musician that represents oh, what you are doing that gotcha. year in popular music and go. And usually it's um, local acts that aren't worldwide famous, but on occasion they will actually send people who are like worldwide famous. Like for example, um, I believe Russia once sent Tattoo at the height of their popularity, you oh, know, wow. stuff yeah. like that. Um, but usually they are quote unquote lesser known. And um, gotcha. so I don't know where Sebastian Tellier was in his career at this point. I just know that he stole the show for me. It was wonderful. That's cool. I'm going to have to look that up. So this, like I said, is from the album Sexuality. Um, and he said that this album, uh, which I think is pretty in interesting, he wanted it to be like uh, very sexy, but like have almost like an R&B element to it, but no, but lack of vulgarity, if that makes mm. sense. Interesting. Um, yeah. And I think you can hear that in the songs. It's very, it's like super sexy French but also I was going to say, like, I mean, I kind of feel like, isn't that the French way? They're just like a very sexy and like a classy way. It's not very vulgar. Although I've seen some pretty vulgar French movies that are like <laughs> art cinema, like art cinema movies. Right. That are kind of vulgar. But um, one thing I've always heard is that um, that's different from America is that um, their movies are maybe heavier on the sex side of things than violence and ours is heavier on the violence than the sex which is interesting yeah yeah I, I definitely buy it based on the american cinema i've seen and french cinema i've seen and even too when i'm thinking about violence in french films it's usually kind of um i don't want to say cartoony but um oversized you know what i mean it's big mm. it's bold it's um almost performative as opposed to just being like violence for effect's sake or violence for like violence sake. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm sure- I don't think I know any French, well, probably Lahain is violent. I'm trying to think of like violent French movies that I've seen. I haven't really seen that many. I, I could think one of a couple. That I love is, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just say one that I really love is more like a very suspenseful kind of murder mystery mm. thing, but it's like a love story, is um, Tell No One. Mm, never heard of it. Highly recommend that movie. Nice. So good. Super, uh, I'm a like, big fan of, uh, of Jean-Pierre Junet. I really like his films. And um, he has done two that are kind of violent. One is called A Very Long Engagement, where it takes place during a big war. So, of course, there I've are many that. war scenes. Yeah. So, so think about like the violence in that. It's all very big and bombastic, but not really bloody or like gory. You know, like when like a mine goes off, people are like launched into the air like a Cirque du Soleil performer, <laughs> but they aren't torn to pieces. You know, like it's... Isn't that one kind of have this sort of like exaggerated thing anyway on purpose? I think all of Jean-Pierre Junet's films do. Um, another one is uh, a film he did called Micmacs. Did you ever see that one? 
Uh, similarly, it's it's all about a guy and his vendetta against a uh, an arms manufacturing company. Uh, you know, bullets and guns and all that stuff. And so I think it's central to the story and yet it is a goofy fucking movie and in like in the, like the most wonderful way. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm making grand generalizations that I can't back up other than oh, yeah. anecdotally, but I, oh. I totally follow what you're saying. Yeah. He said, sorry, I'm just looking him up here. His films mix elements of fantasy, realism, and science fiction, either to create idealized realities or to give relevance to mundane situations. And he was a former animator. Oh, his movies are marked by quirky slapstick humor alongside surrealist visuals. So, I, yeah, I feel like he's like pushing that envelope a little bit to say, you know, like, yeah, like the bodies flying up into the air, maybe at super exaggerated heights, like a comic, maybe, or an animated something. Uh, if any, yeah, if, if anyone in the store is looking for some uh, good French cinema, Jean-Pierre Junet, he is, he's my favorite of the French directors. Um, most famously, of course, uh, he directed Amelie, everyone's favorite Amelie. French film. Yeah. Well, she's in that it movie. It really is, mm-hmm. though. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mine. wonderful movie. I've, I've seen it even and, recently. And soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jan Tiersen. <laughs> Oof. That's a Oof. fucking hit. <laughs> it really is. Um, if you recall, my favorite French film is uh, Un Femme Est Un Femme, who... Uh, has uh, Anna Karina or whatever her name is, Anna Karina. I don't know anything about that, any singer? of these things. <laughs> the famous French actress. I don't know. Well, I actually don't know if she's French. I think she just <laughs> knows French. No, I think she is. Anyways, she's like iconic too. Mm. So is, what's her name from Amelie? Oh, uh, Audrey Tattoo. Audrey Tattoo. Yeah. Tattoo, Audrey Tattoo. We know that name. Yeah, she's wonderful. I know her. Yeah, she's good. She's, <laughs> girl crush on her so hard totally I, how, I how, how could that, anyone yeah. not like she is so charming i would judge them yeah, yeah. no she's wonderful you have to see la beige espanol too i love that movie so much and she's in it so mm. good About oh, wait, oh is that favorite. the um the, the spanish the hostels yeah and they all live in a hostel together yeah like a, it's like a hotel yeah yeah I, I think i have seen that i've one. seen that yeah yeah that's a good one yeah, yeah. it's super good my favorite is He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. Ooh, it is so weird. What's that? Oh. It is so weird. Uh, it's a, it kind of, it's, it's kind of goes backwards. It's a weird timeline. Mm. And it's about essential. I don't even want to say it because okay. it'll ruin it. No, no. Because I, it's one of those movies. I'll take a blind recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. You oh. hit a point in the movie and you're like, whoa, whoa what? Cool. Yeah. I think I've seen this movie too. Yeah. Watch it. I'm into it. Also, it. also Pierre LeFou, that movie's so good. Okay, should now we open we're just a in. movie store? Maybe we I think should. We should open a- <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll open it next door. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I don't have anything to do. Yeah, into it. Pierre, no. Pierre <laughs> LeFou. I said it's so wrong, but whatever. Eh. All right, y'all, we are Pierre down to Le- my last song, French mm-hmm. song. I'm very psyched about it. My very last, my number one, Un, Uno, Un. <laughs> Un. Un. Number un. That can't be right. Real <laughs> um, and that is from 1997. The band is Stereolab. The song is Miss Modular. Um, it's from the album Dots and Loops. Do you all have a favorite Stereolab album? 
I knew you were going to say this, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I have to admit of that. Of course you would. I, I'm not familiar I enough with it. Stereolab to have a favorite. What? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I have oh. nothing against Stereolab. I've just never taken the uh, the deep dive into oh. their catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Excuse them well after this game. Exactly. Pardonnez-moi. Excusez-moi. I, I have absolutely nothing against them. Everything I've ever heard from them is fantastic. But no, I I, I could not go toe-to-toe with you about Stereo Lab. Wow. Uh, uh, but listening. I can. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, which one's your favorite, Sam? Cobra. Cobra I'd say phases. Cobra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's my favorite, too. It's the brown one with and like then, the orange. And then swirlies. Dots and Loops. And then Dots and Loops. Same, same, same. Remember when we were at this glorious concert together back yes. in the days of live music? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la. Tell the story. Uh, Tell I just story. remember getting real psyched about the show and going early to get in line. And who's the last person in that line? It's Miss Tara Davies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was and the greatest. It was great. And we, we were, we were very, we front. weren't even front row. We were practically like trying to sit in her lap. We needed to back yeah. off. Her <laughs> being a Letitia Sadier. Um, there was originally two, female members of Stereo Lab, mm. but sadly Mary Hansen, who was in the band, died in a bicycling accident. Mm. Oh, um, so sad. I know, so sad. And also it was kind of around the same time I was like constantly listening to them whilst riding my bike through Knoxville, Tennessee. Like every day I was always listening to Stereo, Stereo Lab is such a spring riding your bike mm-hmm. music. It's yes, yes that that vibe. What um, year was that? Early 2000s. Like early 2000s. Same time as my uh, French music obsession. Um, Yeah, but Stereolab is so great. It's like a funky jazz, experimental avant-garde, art pop, like all these things um, combined. Um, And this song in particular has a lot of different kind of percussive elements and lots of um, like brass, but simple guitar riffs. It's so great. It's so, so great. Miss Modular, highly recommend. Go listen to Dots and Loops. Go listen to the song. Perfecto. Nice. I, I think Sorry, that was Spanish. I think you gave me Perfect. five out of five brand new songs to listen to. I don't think wow. I, I, I don't think I was familiar with any of them. I, I, I had known of a couple of them, but no, 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 five for five. I don't think I, I knew specifically. So that's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Leticia, Leticia Sadie <laughs> has solo albums, but she also has recorded with Bradford Cox. Um, yeah. You have, maybe you have heard or you just forgot or didn't realize. I'm sure that any time I've ever heard Stereolab, I've enjoyed it because all my memories of them are positive ones. But like, for example, I don't own a single one of their albums. And that's usually how I, that's, that's how I track my knowledge, you know, is. Also, I, yep, sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that, that that's how I track my knowledge. It's like, if it's in my library, I know I've listened to it and I know yeah. I have an opinion on it, you know? And I said Bradford Cox, but I meant to say Deer Hunter. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> same or thing. Or actually, shoot, it may have been Atlas Sound. I feel like I've seen no, her name. Was, I think it was on it was Logos, right? It was with him, but he is both. He oh, is I know, both. but on, on the Atlas Sound album Logos, I believe I've seen her name on that, because that's an album I do own. <laughs> uh, Logos, yeah, Atlas okay, Sound. Cool. Leticia, Leticia Sadie. <laughs> you see the terrible way my mind works? Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> that is weird. It's just awful. <laughs> All right, that was it. That's my list. Fantastic. Well, um, Sam, if you'll stick around and do your top five, um, you can just school us on how to actually pronounce all these things. You can count yeah. backwards 
uh, in French. Oh, Ooh, that'll be fun. I think I can. I can. <laughs> I'll impress everyone in the store. I'm gonna see how how high I can go. Ready? Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix. How long That's are we going got. to be here? C'est super. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> I was like, how long are we going to be sitting no. here? I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, let's, let's take a little uh, coffee break. And when we come back, Sam's going to count down her top five songs. And they're all going to be perfectly pronounced in French. So let's do Oi. it. <laughs> I want to get back to being in my community group. I want to continue having a soccer season. So I can throw parties again. <laughs> so I can go to her parties. <laughs> It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The NFL created Crucial Catch because early cancer detection can save lives. At the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, some cancer screenings declined by 90%. Now, doctors are diagnosing later stage cancers, which could have been detected sooner. Don't wait. Remind a loved one and talk to your doctor about getting screened. It takes all of us to intercept cancer. Visit nfl.com slash crucial catch to learn more. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends. And in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave. Elite aristocratic society in Russia at the time was fascinated with very spiritualist leaders, with gurus, and there was this desire to seek alternate ways of connecting with reality that traditional religion and the church were unable to explain to people who were seeking answers to sort of these life's questions that seemed to have this pressing urgency right around 1900. Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia, to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we're all back together. We're doing the top five French songs, and uh, Tara has gone. Uh, coming up next, though, we got Sam Kranz. How about uh, you hit us with it? Okay. Uh, gosh, I love French music. Uh, mine started very early. I was probably 12 or 13. Do you guys remember back in the 90s when clothing stores had those cassette tapes where they would make compilations mm -hmm. and uh, the creme de la creme <laughs> songs would be on them. So I, I got one. I don't remember paying for it. Like I was a bad teenager. Which clothing store was it? The Express. Ooh, man. <laughs> I don't, let me just add though to that because um, Doc Martens in the nineties had the best one. It was called Shoe Pie and it had like Lush and... The breeders on it was so, so good. A Mojave 3, like, oh, dang, just I like the like best. I feel like I remember that. That was a good one. 
I think I've recreated it or found a recreation of it on Spotify. So I've actually recreated that playlist too. And oh, it's just, and I, I feel like any any French people that would hear my songs would roll their eyes because I'm sure it's like the Britney Spears or or <laughs> the Backstreet Boys uh, for us. They're just like, oh, mon dieu. <laughs> <laughs> um, which they would make fun of me for that as well. Uh, so so I'm going to start mine with uh, one of the, the women that had not one, but two songs on this compilation. Uh, Miss Vanessa Paradis. Uh, her 1987 smash hit, Jola Taxi. Jola Taxi, c'est sa vie. Le Ramombo, un bouteillage. Il est comme ça. This song, oh, it's just, it's so adorable. And I, you know, I think she's got mad skills, but it's really just her dancing in front of this taxi cab like this. <laughs> In this like 90s sweatshirt and like mom jeans, and she's just that's what she does the whole thing. And I'm and I I really like it. Um, but it's just about this uh this taxi driver that's apparently this big nightlife guy in Paris, too. And you I mean, how how big in the nightlife do you have to be to be a famous taxi driver? And it um but yeah, Vanessa Parody. Love her. She had a short singing career, but then she just went into modeling and then got all up in uh, Johnny Depp. Wait, okay, so you said this song came out when? 1987. She was 14. So she was a very young teenager. She was 14 years old. Yeah, was one of the the top singers. Wow. So yeah, kind of like Britney Spears. I know you referenced. Yeah, Yeah, she was. Um, I feel like French people appreciate her now. But back then, I just remember Flo used to be like, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what? This isn't cool? And she's like, no. <laughs> no, no. Um, but I really like it. You know, her and Johnny Depp didn't last, but my love for this song did. 14, nice. I, I don't want to say it seems one. too young, but it does seem too young to be a pop singer. Like, I feel like it shouldn't be allowed somehow. <laughs> Like, I just feel bad for, I, I think I feel bad for like child actors too, where it's just like, yeah. oh, they can't like, they, they, they can't really choose this yet. They, they don't, they aren't smart enough. They don't have well, fully developed brains to you know, like, know what this is going to do to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like it doesn't we used, end well. Yeah. We used to, well, I mean, we probably do still have these like younger child pop stars and they're mostly featured on like the Disney channel or something, but right. But in the 80s and the 90s, we had so many and they were like super huge world, like international pop stars, mm. like another bad creation, new edition, um, even like Belle Bell DeVoe, they were teenagers, right? Right, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, there were so many, there was this other French kid, Jordi. Do you remember that? I yeah. love Jordi. Like so Wait, many. Wait, I need to change my list real fast. <laughs> there were so many of these just young pop stars then. Even New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Joey oh. was so like such a young person. Oh, uh, and then his voice changed in the middle of and it. His but voice. we stood but by hey, him. We did. Oh, and, and even look at uh the Jackson Five. I mean, Michael Jackson was like literally a baby. Well, mm-hmm. figuratively all a baby. <laughs> uh, all of the Jacksons were very young. And even Janet Jackson when she started. Yeah. Yeah. Was very young. It's well, I mean, but, but what, so did Bjork. Bjork was Tiffany, I think twelve Debbie on her Gibson. first album, you know. Oh. 
Tiffany, Debbie Gibson. There were just so many young, young, young pop stars. And I don't know of any now. I mean. Yeah. But I also would presume. Billie Eilish is like the youngest. Like, and she was 17. That, on that level. Yeah. And she's like still pretty old. Yeah. Old. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> she was washed up. She was 17. She's old. No. Yeah, she's just not like a super young baby like some of those were. Yeah. I still know nothing about that singer. Oh, she she's it. fine. You know, she, she, she's, she's pushing yeah, boundaries probably. for the kids, you know? Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, let's get to my number four. Yeah. Wait, okay. say it in French. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Pardonnez-moi. Uh, what is for? Cat. Uh, so I always ask Flo to send me the the cool songs that she hears in France now, because you know I want to I want to stay involved. So when I do get to go back, you know they won't look at me like you know nothing. <laughs> These are the things I think about. You know I want to I want to you know I don't want to be an outcast in France. They're so mean already. Uh, so this is one of the songs that Flo sent me. It's called Le Temps C'est Bon. Uh, 19 or 2019 by Bon Entendeur plus Isabel Pierre. Mm. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I did, I always forget to really dive into the cat, the, the, the people that she sends me. Cause I'll listen to one song and be like, yes, this is awesome. And then I won't go back and listen to the rest of their songs, but I did for the, for this band. And it's, it's just, it's perfect. It's got everything. It's super funky. Super disco, but it does have a lot of hip hop. Um, but this one, this one has it all. And it's one of the very few on my list of current songs from France. Everything else. I'm a, I'm a Yaya girl as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the why Yaya I wanted sisterhood to put this one on. in here. Like, oh, <laughs> Tara, you went there. <laughs> Seth and Sam, Yaya sisterhood. Of course, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some uh, traveling uh, pants. We'll get all the sisterhoods. It's a good book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it a, yeah, I never read the book. It's I'm a so, book. It's a movie. It's a movie now. It's a movie Sorry. now. I never heard this band before. Mm-mm, me either. Um, thanks, Flo. <laughs> uh, so, number three. Oh, toi. Oh, toi. Oh. Toi. Uh, I... Also had to throw some stereo lab in because they're just Yay. the greatest. They are. They bring such joy into my life. Uh, so my song from 1996 Emperor Tomato Ketchup, Sibylle's Reverie. This album's like more rock vibes. It right? is. Yeah. It is. Um, so wait, so Emperor Tomato Ketchup is the name of the song or the album? The, the album. What a great series of words that is. That's, <laughs> that's and great. that's all of that's all of their their albums. Mm. The best names, the weirdest names, the best art. You can spot a stereo oh, yeah. lab album a mile away. Hmm. They're yeah. so bright and delightful. What is the tattoo we could get here? Is there one? Right. We need one. I think one, we need one. We could do like a whole series. Just no like, way. I don't want like a whole bunch of stereo. Tara, tattoos. we're not getting, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay, fine. We're not really doing that. You can each get we half. Have- and then when you're together, it makes the full album cover. <gasps> that would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. 
That's actually kind of a cute idea. <laughs> how, can, how can we do that with the cure? Because that's what we should Ooh. do. Now no, I'm getting the Wish logo. Oh, that's fun. Tattooed. Yeah. Right there. Oh, yes. Perfect. I'm actually wearing the T-shirt now. Should I just get the police faces tattooed right here? Yeah. yeah. But like Mount Rushmore, but their faces. <gasps> that could be oh, hilarious. Wait, but who's the fourth face then? You got to do all four. Oh, I don't Ooh. know. Just put Robert Smith in there for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who would I do? That's a great question. Ooh, this this could be a future Ooh. list for a future day. Who Who's on your uh, music record? Who's Mount on Rushmore? your Mount Rushmore? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just pictured it and it was delightful. There are artists that we mentioned in this record store so often that. I, I, I'll bet the people who frequent this store could name it before Tara and I could. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know Bjork's on there. You know Kim Bjork, Gordon's on Sonic, there. Yeah, Kim yeah. Gordon. Tom York. Robert, Robert Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be a pretty easy list for others. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll do it someday. <laughs> Just put Sebastian Tellier on there. Uh, he's got that face, the Jesus face beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do want to say you were talking about this funny album title, Emperor Tomato Ketchup. Uh, they also have an album called Le Boob Oscillator. They <laughs> sure do. <laughs> uh, fun. And it's so good. I, I, I got to gotta get great. into Stereo Lab. This is, this, you this, really do. This all sounds great. Yeah. You really do. Uh, recently, I've been uh, forcing myself to get deeper and deeper into Aphex Twin, which has been a very fun deep dive. Because I think that I only knew the singles before. So lately, mm-hmm. I've been going deeper and deeper and deeper till I just know everything. And uh, it's fun. I, I haven't hit a, uh, a bad patch yet. So far, 100% hmm. of Aphex Twin is good, which is great. <laughs> you know, uh, that's exactly what you I'll want. Maybe I'll give that a little dive. It's fun. Yeah, it's, 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 you have to be in the mood. Well, yeah, some are weirder than others. Some are ambient. Some are yeah. not. It's yeah. kind of like you have to be ready for that. Right. I think. It will not all be the... Uh, the it, it will it, not all be noise. It will not all be right. soft and beautiful. Um, I, I've particularly been listening to um, both of the ambient albums while I've been Those reading so lately. Good. And it's wonderful reading music. I love a good instrumental <gasps> album when I read. Yeah. Avril 14th. Such a good song. Mm-hmm. What was that? Number three? That was number three. Toi. Toi. Uh, is... Uh, I had to put on the queen of Yaya herself, Francoise Hadi. Uh, my favorite, and there's so many good ones. It's so just many. so hard to pick. So hard to pick. But I had to go with Voila. From 1967. And again, this one was so hard. I really wanted to do Suzanne. Because I just like you know, anything Leonard Cohen does, mm-hmm. right. you should always cover, and then it should always be your favorite. But I don't even remember where I heard this song, but it's, uh, I swear it's on like 16 of my playlists. <laughs> and I don't even get tired of it. I'm just like, voila, c'est super. I love, uh, I love Francoise Hardy. I love that song, Les, T- Les Temps de l'Amour. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah. From, uh, well, I know a lot of people know it from Moonrise Kingdom, but. Um, it's such a good song. Who's she married to? Isn't another famous, who's she married to? Another oh, big 60s French singer. Hmm. Not Jacques I don't remember. Dutronc. Not Serge Gainsbourg. Hell no. No. He was too busy. <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. You'll know way better um, than Tara. It is Jacques, Jacques Dutronc. Whoa. Just, oh, see, you did know better than Tara. Yeah, you got that like on first guess. 
And then you oh, doubted wow. yourself. I always do that. Don't ever doubt yourself, girl. Oh. You got it. Uh, oh, yeah, he's great. Not on my list, but oh, so many good songs from him. Et moi, et moi, et moi. But again, <laughs> not on my list. But I bet they're adorable. Are they still married? I, I so. think so, yeah. Since 1981, uh, Wikipedia tells me. Oh, that was a good year. Um, <laughs> was, Fran- funny. was Francoise Ardy, was she a model before she became a singer? Is that is that a fact in my head? She might have been. I, for some reason I know in she my was head, a model. I picture she all like of the French Yaya era female singers as yeah. models turned singers. I, I, I don't think that's- They're all beautiful. It, I just figured they did everything. Right. Because they acted in movies too. Exactly, exactly. It seems- That's true. Um, like everyone was like a triple threat at the time. They could just They're do whatever just they wanted. They're larger than life. They really are. Yeah. I mean, think, think about Jane Birkin. Holy shit. She designed like one of the most popular Definitely purses ever. You know? like She really did. It's insane. Uh, anyway. Not French though, but what? still great. Did you say Wait. Jane Birkin's not French? She's English. Shut up. Is she not English? I don't know. Wow. Jane Birkin's Yeah, I think she's she's not English. No Mm -hmm. kidding. I never, I never, ever, ever would have guessed that. Because she sings in French all the time with her her boyfriend, uh, Serge Gainsbourg. Huh. (laughs) She sure sure did. Wow. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I I I don't feel like I'm making that up. Is her daughter then, Charlotte Gainsbourg, is she French? She's British. She is. Well, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> See, that's hard. She, talks, you she speaks with a British accent. Well, She's like, 555. She... <laughs> oh, I love that album. 555. <laughs> I love that album so much. That's a great song. I, um, uh, I once... You guys are all very lucky. This is not on my list, by the way. Uh, well, very... that's what I'm saying. Could well, Charlotte Gainsbourg yeah. be on this list? That she counts as yes. French? Absolutely. She sings in French. Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. She, but she, yeah. she can do whatever she wants because she is, she's British. And she's French. Right. She got to make that choice. <laughs> and speaking of French people, um, Air, because uh, if people in the oh, store don't yeah. know, Charlotte Gainsbourg basically like picks a new collaborator for each album. Like she did mm-hmm. one with Jarvis Cocker. She did one with Beck. She did one with Air. And uh, the one she did with Air, I remember reading this review, which I thought was like very true, but also just very interesting, where they said that um, Air gave away their masterpiece where they were like, if Air would have just called this an Air album, it would be the best Air album. But because they kind of gave it away to Charlotte Gainsbourg, it's now her fantastic album. And it's like, oh, I never would have thought about it that way. But also, I don't think it would have been as good without Charlotte Gainsbourg. So if, I don't know, it's it's an, it's an odd thing to think about. Like, what if that was just called Air 555, you know, instead of Charlotte Gainsbourg's 555. I don't think it would be. I, I don't know if it would have hit. I don't either. Because it's, it's her, her voice vocals. is a big yeah. part of it. It's so like breathy the main and awesome. Part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but yeah, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Whew, what a it fucking all star. breathy. Yeah. She gets that breathy singing from her mother. Man. Yes. But that, I know we're not talking about that album because we're supposed to be talking about Francoise Hardy, but uh-huh. I just had to look up the air thing again, too. Nigel Goodrich, Goodrich, however you say his last name, also helped on production for that. Like it's loaded with all these super mega star producers and oh, totally. just people. And Tony Allen is playing drums on this album. That's crazy. No, I mean, I mean, what an oh, wait, amazing hold on. debut. Tony Allen played drum also on drums on uh, La Retournée, the Sebastian Tellier song. Oh wow! Oh, my wow. Gosh. oh that song. <laughs> Connections. I was like, wait a second. Just I know. gets better and better. I know. Wow. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> wow. Let's talk wow. about Francoise Hardy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
I mean, you know, we've said a lot about her already. Yeah, that's true. And uh, we, you know, I have one more song left. Oh, oh, wow. she was your number numéro deux. Do she was do do you know what? I uh, apologize for even my attempts at a French accent, <laughs> it's no good. I'm just okay. gonna be straight American, yeah. Just you know, just do it, mm-hmm. do it, don't butcher anything. Yeah, I'm just gonna say them anybody. how I say them, so I'm not even attempting to insult someone, anyway. Please, what is your number although, one? But although mm-hmm. in Paris, they, they do say that they hate the people the most that don't even try. Oh no, yeah. it's a no-win yeah. situation. A no-win. No, you've you've uh, lost this. Okay. You've lost it real bad. So so we're talking about <laughs> un. Your, your num- un. un. Oui. <laughs> oh uh, no. And you'll, you'll never guess who it is. Who, who? Serge Gainsbourg. Uh, because I mean, He's I was going to say, yeah. say Jane Birkin. I, I <laughs> well, mean, like if, absolutely, but actually, yeah, it, it definitely well, okay. feels like like Serge Gainsbourg is like the architect of like the yaya scene. Like he, he feels like almost like a puppet master, and <laughs> it, and I mean that as a positive thing because he put out so many great albums. Oh, but but please, mm-hmm. you haven't even told us what song it is yet. I know. So my number one song for this list is Je T'aime, Moi Non Plus, avec Jane Birkin. Okay, so yeah, so, but not the Brigitte version. No, because that one is not the famous one. It would have been if her husband hadn't found out that she was dating Serge and you know, essentially putting out a song that sounded like they were just having sex. Right. Uh, the husband, the husband did not like that, so uh, she, they weren't allowed to release it until she regretted it in 1986, and then they released her version. By then, yeah, nobody cared. No, the the other one was so famous. Yeah, uh, it's such a wonderful song. If if anyone in the store doesn't know what we're talking about, there's this extended orgasm in the middle of the <laughs> song. <laughs> And it's it's incredible. It's 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 just it's um it doesn't even seem out of place, you know? Like no. it just it just Again, makes sense in the middle of this to, song. Yeah, going back to that whole like super sexual but like not vulgar in yeah. a, in a way. Although um, that one that one got a little vulgar the, at the end. It did get kind of vulgar. It's kind <laughs> they of had, they had to tell Jane Birkin to or, calm down a little bit. I mean, did they, she was or, breathing too hard? Is that us being uncomfortable because we're Americans and we're just like raised to be more comfortable with violence than sex? Or like for them, what do they think about that song? Like for the French, well, it's well, probably I mean, nothing for them, right? It also has something to do probably with the context of hearing sex on an album. Because like for example, well, first of all. It's not explicit that they're having sex. It's just heavily implied. You know what I mean? Like that's, I always just assumed they were right. <laughs> like like that, straight up recording it. That's what it feels like when you're listening to it for sure. But here's an example. Um, I have never thought to myself, I feel uncomfortable listening to this uh, Serge Gainsbourg, Jane Birkin song. But yeah. I remember there's this one moment on uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s first album where one of like the interstitial skits is just him like getting a blowjob, and you can just like ew. hear every oh like goodness. slurp, okay, and I'm like, that's, ew. and seriously, no, that's the that's what I, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't want to listen to it, and I think, we already do kind of hear like women and and even like think of the U two song. What is it? 
Anyways, Bono's like making all those noises at the end of the song. But I think that might you be part of it is that I, I actually don't know what U2 song you're talking about. <laughs> I really don't either. Shoot. Bono comes in a dun, song. Dun, I've not heard dun, this song. Dun, dun, dun. Is it? Bono. It's the one from Keep Batman. Oh, 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 from- thrill me. Hold yes, me, kill thrill me, me, kiss me, kiss kill me, me, kill me, thrill me, yeah, hold at me. The end, uh, hold listen me. to me. Hold me, thrill me, Later. kiss me, kill kiss me. me, kill me. Yeah, Hold me, thrill like, me, kiss me, kill me. At the end, he does all those like sex noises. But I guess you're like right. Him. I guess you're okay. right. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I can remember hearing that. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I can't answer why one makes me feel uncomfortable and one doesn't. Perhaps it's the difference between... Um, Mouth noises versus just like moaning. Yeah, that's probably part of it. <laughs> or breathing. I don't know. It was yeah. just a really perhaps there's a difference between like who's receiving the pleasure as well. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Weird. Oh my gosh. It's it's odd. I I just know that if I'm hanging around and I put on that first notorious B.I.G. album and that track comes on, I'm just like, I don't know, everyone. What are we gonna do? Should I skip? skip. <laughs> are we gonna skip? Do I make eye this? Do I make eye contact with somebody? <laughs> I don't want to. But if I was listening to this Jane Birkin slash Serge Gainsbourg song, I wouldn't think twice. I wouldn't. I, it would just play, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's just a it's a it's a classier execution, and uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what it might be too. The French language is very vowel heavy. You know what I mean? Like lots of mm-hmm. round things, lots of lots of round letters, round sounds maybe maybe just like the round singing tones of all the vowels in the words going into the orgasmy o's ahs of jane birkin <laughs> just it's such like a simple transition hmm. this doesn't make any sense <laughs> <sighs> i will say uh you know he has that song he's done other kind of like overly sexual things but he has a song with his or for his daughter with right. his daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I forget. It's something lemon. Uh, lemon ice pop or something. It's like lemon incest. Yeah. Or right? oh, lemon Isn't incest. It? Right. It is. The, the, the Sucrets one, the one about a sucker. That's the one he did with France Gall. That's a different one. Which is just like. He made, he made like about? a blowjob metaphor <laughs> yes! song for France Gall when she was like, I don't know, too young. Way too young. Way too young. But you're right. The, the, yeah, Lemon Incest was a song he did with his daughter, which is very strange. For his daughter. Is it with her? Or for, or for, Either way, it? he wrote it, right? It's for, yeah. yeah. And it's called Incest and it's for his daughter. What? <laughs> Maybe we need more context, but that sounds strange <laughs> to me. I mean, I'm. Does that translate? I know French, does it does the way it does here. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it does. He's so weird. He is. I mean, he did songs like Soisant Neuf. Yeah. Or 69 Soisant... Year yes. Erotic. That's I the mean... name of the album, too. I have a t shirt that says Soisant Neuf, and I like to wear it, and people don't know what it says. And I'm like, it says 69. <laughs> Ooh, Tara, you're terrible. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah, he was, he was a weird bird, but oh boy. He was a talented man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he wrote a bunch of songs for a bunch of people, like produced a bunch of songs and albums. He really, a lot of the Yaya women had their songs written by him. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Good choice. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, merci. Well, that concludes Sam's list. And you know, I, I, I don't want to say anything, but I think your list is going to feed directly into my list. But let's take a quick coffee break so I can go around the store, pick up all my records, and let's finish off our evening. All right. Mm-hmm. 
You've been planning this for months. Hope you're wearing your long johns today, hunters. Gotta be nippy out there. The big day is finally here. Welcome to opening day here at Sportsman's Warehouse. This is your big shot to gear up for Unforgettable at the Sportsman's Warehouse Grand Opening, Thursday through Sunday, October 14th through the 16th, off Summit Park Drive near Walmart, or visit us at sportsmans.com. My best friend is an Irish heiress. She was royalty from Ireland. Had a huge inheritance. We're talking $30 million. But it turns out Mayor Smith is actually an international con artist. And police are hunting for her. She's left a trail of devastation in her wake. This is not normal to be outside her place. I would rather die than let her get away. Listen to Queen of the Con every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric here to tell you why I'm excited about the new season of my podcast, Next Question. My memoir, Going There, comes out October 26th. Yikes! So this fall, I'm taking you behind the making of my memoir. We'll have exclusive podcast-only conversations about the book and my life that you won't find anywhere else. So come for my signature curiosity, but this time, stay for some of my own revealing answers. Subscribe and listen to Next Question with Katie Couric on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. We're playing the High Fidelity game. We're doing top five French songs. Tara has gone. Sam has gone. It is my turn. I teased you a little bit by saying that I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a little transition here. So let's start with number, let's see. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, cinq. How, oui. how, how do I say number in French? Nombre. 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 Let's just say number. Okay. Number sank. Uh, I apologize, French people. Uh, this is from 1969. The song is Orang Utan, and it's by Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg from Jane Birkin slash Serge Gainsbourg. I love this album. Wow. Woo, we got we some really, overlap. We really did. Yeah. We met right up there. Because I, I, uh, um, Serge has a, tons of amazing albums. I mean, uh, Histoire de Melody Nelson, of course, is one of his best. Um, he, he's one. got that percussion album I really like. Um, even his, he's got some strange ones like Rock Around the Bunker. That's a really fucking weird album, but I really enjoy it. I mean. And his 90s. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, they were, they were not his best, but like Mon Legionnaire. That was a great song. He was always interesting. Even when he wasn't mm-hmm. like, quote unquote, at his best, he was always interesting. And um, But this one is my favorite album of his, uh, the Jane Burke and Serge Gainsbourg. And I think part of it, honestly, is that he's good, but I think he's even better when he has sort of like a female muse to like work mm-hmm. through. And um, whether that be France Gall, uh, whether that be Jane Birkin, it, it just his voice comes out better. So I really like this one because there is like that duality between the two of them. And um, so, yeah, this is Jane Birkin's debut album. Uh, he wrote a lot of the music on it. And uh, this song, Orangutan, I believe it's about a stuffed toy. I think I like popped the lyrics into like Google Translate once to try and figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> and the closest I could figure out was that it's about 
a stuffed orangutan toy. That's that's the content. And maybe that makes sense. it might be something like, I love my stuffed orangutan <laughs> more than any other boy. <laughs> like I love it more than anyone else could ever compare. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. it's great. Yeah. I really dig Wait, it. Which, I really, which album is that from? Sorry. It's um, 1969, Jane Birkin slash Serge Gainsbourg. Oh. It's a good one. It's It's my favorite of the Serge's. Surges. All right. Moving on Surge. to my number. Let's see. Un, deux, trois, cat. Cat. My number cat. <laughs> um, this it's is, got a ring to it, doesn't it? This is uh, from 1995. <laughs> and the song is Laissez tomber les fils by April March from the Chick Habit EP. Speaking of Serge Gainsbourg, this is a song originally written by Serge Gainsbourg, and he wrote it for France Gall. Um, on this EP, April March does both a, the original French version and a new English version. The English version was featured in that awesome movie, uh, Death Proof. And uh, I think it was also mm. featured in that movie, um, But I'm a Cheerleader, that awesome Natasha Lyonne movie. Anyway, uh, anyway, I'm getting all, all my facts muddled because I'm... I'm going from memory but focusing on oh, april yeah. march april but march is I'm a, a fucking badass yeah. she is oh, I, I lo- that album yeah. just it was exactly what i needed right then when it came out and, and she's just the coolest in general like for example um before she was well, actually maybe at the same time that she was uh getting all kinds of famous for being an awesome singer uh she was also an animator on pb's playhouse she was also one of the main animators on ren and stimpy like that is a whole other career to be 100% proud of, period. Like, if you've only accomplished that in your life, you're already an all-star. And yeah. then you also write all these, all this amazing music, and um, uh, she, she's still at it. Like, I, I just bought a 7-inch of hers uh, about a month ago where it's um, it's a split 7-inch with Olivia Jean called Palladium. So on, on, a, on the A side, it's Elonzi. And on the B side, it's Let's Go. And um, it's wonderful. Uh, April March is just a treasure. Like, she, she's great. I had no idea about the Pee Wee's Playhouse thing. Isn't that cool? Like, me that either. is so cool. That's, that's legendary. Um, it really it is. is. It also throws me off because I didn't realize she was that old. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That, I didn't, I, I don't know. I don't know how old I thought she was, but not to be doing awesome stuff in the 80s. That just threw me off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know who else worked on um, Pee-wee's Playhouse? Uh, I believe he was just a uh, production assistant or maybe like a background designer or something. Uh, Rob Zombie was on that set oh, as well. What? <laughs> no wonder that show was so weird, yeah. just him being in the room. <laughs> but no, I, I love Wayne White. I, I, oh yeah, Wayne White. Oh, so cool. He had this amazing uh, art show up in Tennessee for a while. Maybe it's still there. I, I don't know. know. I, no, I think it clo- there was like a museum and a show. Or yeah, maybe it was they, a were happening, temporary they were museum. happening simultaneously. Uh, my wife and yeah. I went to both one day and it was wonderful um, i missed both <laughs> it, it's good stuff but uh uh look up all those things but uh wait i was go, gonna April say March. two things about that song mm-hmm. i actually have the france gall version of that song in my short list right yeah um which i love so much um but april march has an album april march and the los cinco's featuring the choir guess who is in that uh, choir with with them. I don't know who. who? 
A person who keeps popping up, or a person of a family that keeps popping up. Uh, Petra Hayden. She's the sister of Rachel Hayden, who was in That Dog. Well, both of them were in That Dog. Petra was in That Dog. But Rachel Hayden. What's the lead singer of um, That Dog? Anna Wallronker. The Wallronker family. That's right. But the Haydens, too, because Charlie Hayden is their dad, and Uh he's a famous jazz musician. There are all these families that are just... And it seems like that dog is like some sort of like weird like spoke at this wheel where everything's coming out of that dog. (laughs) It's fascinating. Who knew? I would have never guessed. Yeah. Petra Hayden on an April March album. Like what? It's it's a weird thing happening. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm gonna every single time we are doing this game, I'm gonna look for this same connection. Every right. single time. And it, it seems to be there. And um, it's weird, too, because uh, I almost didn't even include April March because she is American. She sings in French, but, oh, but yeah. she's an we American lady. Counts. Yeah. It counts. And uh, and speaking of me cheating a little bit, I may be cheating on my next one as well. You'll tell me. My number trois. The year's 2004. The song is Mike Mills, and it's by Air from Takiwaki. So I almost didn't include this one too, because I mean it's they are French, so it counts as a French song, right? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that one's instrumental were... only, right? It's instrumental only, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I felt the same way about Daft Punk. Yes, Daft Punk is French, but if you didn't know that, you probably would never know that. You know what I mean? Like unless yeah. you looked that up, you wouldn't know that Daft Punk was French. Like there's nothing about them. That is definitively French. Air, actually, I think there is something a little Frenchier about them because mm-hmm. they do sing in Fr- French every once in a while. And a lot of their titles, like C'est Matin Là. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Or their uh, Voyage de la, la Lune. That Penelope thing. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like we should allow only because they deserve to be here. And there's no English lyrics in this song. <laughs> it's it's all there instrumental. Um, but Talkie Walkie is definitely my favorite of their albums. I, I, I like mm-hmm. them all. I don't think Air has ever put out a bad album but Talkie Waki is my favorite and Moon Safari um, is my favorite which one same Moon Safari oh that's a good one that's that's a damn good yes. one for sure mm. and um I always thought that Mike Mills was about the REM band member Mike Mills yeah but later on I found out um it's actually about the uh film director Mike Mills because I believe he directed a music video for Air or somehow they know him uh oh, Mike yeah. Mills is also the husband of um, Miranda July. So uh, that's pretty cool too, because Miranda July is boss as hell. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Mike Mills by Air, Taki Waki, such good stuff. Oh, I love Air so much. Me they can too. do no wrong. Yeah. They really can't. I, I, I fully agree. And they're, they're have also- Have you seen them live? Oh, I would love no. to. No, have you, Tara? I have. Nice. Oh, yes. Tara. Yes. Oh, I, where, when? Yeah, and I, I could also imagine their stage setup varying dramatically Earthlink from album to live? album. No, it was so simple playing. Earthlink Live. Oh, wait, have I seen them twice? I may have seen them twice. Oh, stop it. Mm-mm. No. I, I didn't need to know no, that. No, I don't think. I think I've only seen them once. And it was for, was it Moon Safari? No way. No. No. <laughs> Whatever. not cool enough back then. Megahertz one. Megahertz one. Oh, that, yeah, 10, yeah. 10,000 megahertz. megahertz. I think yeah. that one. I think that one. Um, and... Zero seven opened for them. Ooh. Oh, I love zero seven. Yes, it was so good. What year was this? What year was this? This is in Atlanta, early two thousands, I wanna say. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, so, so what was out. the stage set up like? Like how many? In, just how many regular, just like two keyboards dudes? here, keyboards there, da, 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 da. like you walking around and playing all the different keyboards and sounds and things. But it was just yeah. the two of was them? There, there weren't extra situation? musicians or anything? There were extra musicians for sure. It wasn't mm-hmm. just them two. I think I got pictures of like, this was pre-Instagram, I feel like. But mm-hmm. I had the Instamatic app. Do you remember that? Yeah. Instamatic yeah. app? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like either right after Instagram came out or right before. So I was definitely taking pictures of my iPhone at this point. Was there like a crazy light show? What? what no, was, did it was they just display regular. crazy things in the background. No, it was just regular old, nothing fancy. No, I can't be thinking that they're regular. <laughs> they were regular, but they are very beautiful to look at. So well, them even having <laughs> instruments and other musicians on the stage is more interesting than I picture in my head. When I picture most electronic duos, I picture a very boring stage show where they just stand behind like, you know, a thing and push buttons and you don't see anything. So them performing quote unquote like a band is already something more interesting than I figured. So that's interesting, huh? <laughs> but that's speaking of French bands, let's get down to my number two. The year is 1989. The song is Le Caillou and it is by Wee oui, Wee oui, from Chacun Tot Le Monde. Les I, I, this band, I'm not sure is that well known, mostly because um, from what I've heard, they've released two albums and every time they released an album, the record label went out of business. So they've never actually like successfully flooded the marketplace with their wonderful albums. But they are. this band is mostly known because th- this band's drummer is Michel Gondry, the famous film director. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, the only reason I really fell in love with this band is if you get Michel Gondry's uh, director's label DVD, the one that has like all the music videos he's ever done, uh, if you go deep, deep into the DVD, all the way onto the second side of the disc, like back by his like early student films, he has music videos that he directed for his own band, Wee oui, Wee. Oui. And um, they're absolutely incredible, obviously. I mean, Michel Gondry, to me, is probably the best music video director. Like, he's just wonderful. Like, his his ratio of hits to misses is just yeah. ridiculous. He, he's so talented, so creative. He does so many wonderful things with just so little. You know, he doesn't need much. He needs an idea, yeah. and he executes so many wonderful videos just from idea alone, you know? And um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever get a chance, anyone here in the record store or either of you to uh, look up his, uh, all of his videos for Wee Wee that he made. Cause yeah, he's like a little kid at the time. Uh, La Caillou mm. is a really, really good one. Another it's, it's, it's full stop motion. Uh, another great one. It was for Ma Maison. That's a really good one. Um, but all of them, honestly, they're all really, really good. So um, look those up. I'm sure you can find them on the internet or on the director's label DVD for Michelle Gondry. It's all really good. And um, it's hard to find the records. I can say that. Um, when I first fell in love with this band, I, I really had to get this album, Chacun Tot Le Monde, on vinyl. And I was like, how the fuck am I going to do that? <laughs> so I went on, um, I, I believe it was eBay. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's, there's a single copy. Oh my gosh, I'm paying for it. And I paid too much for it. And then when it arrived, the record was broken. 
like just like literally oh, split no. down the middle broken. Oh, no. And so I contacted the seller and I'm like, hey, man, I, I, I'm i sure you sent this unbroken. But by the time it reached me, I'm sorry, but it, it was broken in half. You know, I, like, I, I couldn't really blame him. He didn't do yeah. it, you know. And he was like, was it the packaging or just the disc? I'm like, oh, just the disc. The packaging's fine. And he's like, okay, uh, hold on. And then like a couple of days later, I received without the outer sleeve, just the disc, very, very well packaged in like all kinds of bubble wrap. And I'm like, wow. wait, I don't understand this at all now. <laughs> like, wow. So you didn't want to cool. send me a new sleeve, but you had an extra disc sitting around or I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I got what I wanted. So I'm not going to overthink this, but I was, I was very impressed with that eBay seller. It was very, very yeah. polite wow. of him. He got the yeah. job done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Five <laughs> like, stars. Was it Michelle Gondry just selling off his like, you know, back, back stock? <laughs> who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have a friend who, um, owns a record store in Knoxville. And um, he showed me once, he was like, look who ordered an album. And it's freaking, uh, what's his face from Sonic Youth? Thurston Moore. I just blanked <laughs> on his name. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously? What? That's, I don't know. It just blew my mind. Oh, they're just like well, us. I mean, it would blow your mind. <laughs> they're just like us. They buy records too. It would make so sense. Like from um, and, and Thurston always yeah. seems like a big record buyer. Like he, he, he just yeah. seems very interested in music and what's going on. And like, I, I can't, uh, there are so many pictures I've seen of him just like in a record store, just like digging mm -hmm. through the crates. Um, I remember this really funny interview with uh, Kim and Thurston a long time ago. This is back when the band was still active. This is back when um, I believe Coco was their daughter, Coco Gordon-Moore. I believe she was maybe, oh gosh, got to be like maybe 12 or 13 at the time. So long, long time ago. And um, Coco had long, just started. <laughs> Coco had just started. She's what, like 19 now or something? Oh, like, she's got to be like 20, right? <laughs> I need I to do know. my studying. I, 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 I assume Coco's full-blown adults flies. now, but who knows. But Coco was in a band, and um, they were asking Thurston and Kim, like, oh, hey, so what do you think about your daughter's band? And they're like, oh, we're so proud, of course. You know, like, Coco can do whatever she wants. She's the greatest. Way to go, Coco, you know? And then the interviewer was like, oh, um, does Coco, like, dig through you guys' like, old records to, like, try to get inspiration and stuff? And I believe it was Thurston was like, eh, we have way too many landmines of just like noise albums all throughout our record collection. If she starts digging through there, she's going to be uh, upset very quickly. So uh, nah, nah, she doesn't dig through our collection that often. She's 26. And Whoa, also she's, wow. she's so tall. Yeah. It's also wild to me that Coco Gordon Moore looks exactly like Chloe Sevigny. Which is yeah, uh, she really does. Which is I don't understand that at all because me that doesn't either. make any sense. <laughs> um, weird, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I I like the idea of um, growing up with like these awesome parents, Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon, and they have a huge record ca collection, and you're just like, nah, I'm not going to dig through there. There's there's too much wolf eyes, <laughs> you know, too much prurience. Yeah. I'm not I'm not even going to to take the time. <laughs> You know, Sam and I are actually planning a trip up the East Coast, mm -hmm. a road trip. We we did a, a road trip out west earlier last year. Um, uh, 
COVID safe, of course. Mm-hmm. We were very, very careful. Um, we camped. We camped <laughs> and we brought our own snacks and stuff like in lunches. Um, but anyways, we, for this East Coast trip, we're going to go to Montauk. Oh, fun, mm-hmm. fun. Because of Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Meet me in Michelle Montauk. Gondry is the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, are you going to go we, in the winter we, times? So you can lay out on the ice? No, we're going like in the in May, maybe. Oh, in like nice. two weeks or something. We haven't really decided. <laughs> we're not but. done planning, but we'll just jump right into it. But maybe we should put Wee Wee on our road trip playlist. I, I highly recommend it. It's it's Let's do it's it. really good stuff. Um, I don't know where people can find it anymore. Uh, maybe that guy's still selling them on eBay. But is um, it on Spotify? Uh, I I hundred percent doubt it. Like I said, um, oh. they've only been on because uh, they've they've only released two albums, and each time they released an album, the record label went out of business like immediately. So oh, they're bad luck. Perhaps, perhaps, but uh, but <laughs> or really, really good. Spending too much money. <laughs> Uh, but that brings what, me down. That was cat. What was it again? That was. That was that de? was du. Du. Okay. Yeah. So uh, here comes number one. The year is nineteen sixty-eight. It's Bebe Requin by Franz Gall from the album nineteen sixty-eight. Uh, this we, we've been speaking a lot about France Gall and her association with Serge Gainsbourg, but this is actually not a Serge Gainsbourg song. Uh, this one was written by Frank Thomas and Jean Michel Rivat, and um, yeah, so so no, Serge doesn't get all the credit. France can do awesome things without him, you know. Yeah. And um, but I love this one. This one, it's got so much charm, and there's like a little music video that you can find online for it. That I, I assume it was just like on like you know some performance like talk show type thing at the time, but who knows? I don't know how music videos worked in 1968, Um, but it's, it's just such a fun, charming, likable song. And um, it's when she was getting into like her like psychedelic phase, which is a a really cool era. Cause um, you can tell she was kind of like taking the reins of her career a little bit more and kind of like guiding it where she wanted to go. No longer being, you know, the, the puppet of Serge Gainsbourg. And, uh, but Hey, not to put that era down too. I, I, I like the, puppet era as well it's all france gall is great um if i yeah. could pick only one french artist to like keep in my catalog it would be france gall like her um her complete discography is a treat uh recently it, it was actually really hard to find her music for a while i remember my wife and i when we lived in los angeles we would go to amoeba because they had a really um thorough import section and if you go to to the French section, or actually, for some reason, uh, in the German section, she had a lot of representation in uh, in, in Germany. Uh, I, I'm not really sure why why the, the crossover of the French yaya stuff went into Germany so much. But um, anyway, anyway, uh, we would buy these mm-hmm. international compilations of France Gall albums, and that's like the only way we could get them. But uh, Third Man Records has recently um, uh, re-released a whole bunch of her stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're great. Fantastic uh, re-releases. Of course, Third Man Records and Third Man Pressing always does a great job. So um, yeah. I highly recommend everyone go to uh, their local record store or go to um, uh, the uh, thirdmanstore.com and pick up these France Gall records. All I think of them. they're sold out. Though. Oh, really? Ugh. You might have to go to Discogs or something. That's that's rough. I mean, if uh, maybe your local record store, but yeah, probably not. <laughs> Terrible. It's always very disappointing to me when great music is hard to find. Cause like, 
you know, it's for everyone. Like, you don't, don't you want people to be happy? You know? Yeah. Don't you want more. people to be happy? <laughs> I want to be happy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want to be happy. Oh, that's a hard word to say in French. Heureuse. Oh, what, what word is that? Happy. Oh, oh. What? <laughs> yeah. Definitely I would just know. say joyo or something. Or joyo. Happy. <laughs> Je suis happy. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, that concludes my list. That was a great list. Great list. Thank you. Uh, all of our lists were great. And I got so many recommendations out of both of your lists. Me so too. This is going to be wonderful to uh, to dig deep into all the, the artists y'all y'all mentioned. I should I should take some of these songs and send them to Flo and be like, do you know this song, Flo? <laughs> oh yeah? You think you know other French songs? You think you're you know so this fucking one? cool? <laughs> you think you're so fucking French? <laughs> but you haven't heard of April March. It's like, that's an American, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, <good>. dummy. <laughs> I will feel the slap sent across the world. Okay, also, I just want to correct myself here sure. that Third Man Records is not sold out of French Golf. So if you would like to support them and not our record store, right. then go right ahead because it's not sold out. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's great. Go to thirdmanstore.com, <laughs> Third buy some man, records. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's go through our short list. Short list. Songs Ooh, or yes. artists we wanted to mention, but we couldn't. I'll go first. Let me oh, go please, first. Please, please, please. <laughs> okay. I have to say this one because I feel like I wanted it so badly in my list. Plastic Bertrand. Ça plan pour moi. <gasps> Ça plan pour moi. Such pour a classic. Moi, 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 moi. Such a classic French rock song. Yeah. Everyone knows that one. Such mm -hmm. a classic movie scene. Oh, wait, what's that from? When they're in the Louvre in a National Lampoon's European vacation. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I haven't seen that movie in a hundred years. Yeah. That's a great we one. We should rewatch that, Sammy. You really should. Oh, it's just, I have it. We'll just watch it. Okay. What's cool. the other and awesome French song? Actually, it might not be French, but uh, it's when they're going, doing like their like fashion montage when they're. <gasps> New look. So good. So good. That yeah. movie's um, underrated. Uh, of all, I it's my favorite out it, of all of the vacations. It, they're, they're all very good, but I agree. It's a very, very good one. <laughs> mm -hmm. I maybe don't know if I've actually ever seen it, to it's be fun. honest. It's really fun. We'll have to watch it for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, only just a few more. Uh, Yell. Uh, the French band from the early 2000s yell A, co a cause de garçons A cause de garçons A cause de garçons Yell um, There you go. You guys, you're welcome. I just sang a lovely <laughs> song for you. Um, really, uh, yeah, I like that. A Kate in V Ça commence par mm. which is kind of new 2020 I think maybe and, we've talked about her before um, though I feel like yeah. she was making like some of your like year end lists and oh stuff. Yeah, yeah she sure did she rocks Francois Hardy of course I talked about Karen Ann Jardin d'Hiver Winter Garden I think or Snow Garden something like that um, yeah that's all I'll say for now because a lot of them are kind of obvious pop songs from the 60s which maybe you all have them on yours hmm uh, how about you, Sam? Anything you wanted to mention but couldn't make the list? Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I liked uh, Jacques Dutronc. I just like saying his last <laughs> name. Uh, et moi, et moi, et moi. Very 60s, very Rolling Stones-y. Uh, I also love Roller Girl by uh, Anna Karina. Oh, yeah. That's why I was just like, no, she's the famous she's French <laughs> actress. Also, you know, I've been roller skating a lot these oh, yeah. past few years. Mm. Um 
Oh, and uh, this one I, I heard not long ago, so I'm super psyched to be able to talk about it. Uh, Letitia Sadier, mm. her oh, yeah. On Soit Un Chien. It's a great song. Mm. It mm. just randomly popped up one day, and I was just like, oh. She's so how good. How have I been living without it? I love her so much. But yeah, that's that's some. Oh, and Ria Bartok, Écoute Mon Coeur. Mm. Good stuff. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Seth, what are yours? Um, there's a lot by Charlotte Gainsbourg I wanted to mention. Really love her. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. still, still not sure if she's French, but <laughs> if she is, if she counts. She's half. Yeah. She's half. Yeah. I mean, Serge Gainsbourg is her dad. She must at least be a little French, you know? I mean, I mean but if the yeah. song is in French, like you said. But a lot of her counts. songs are in English, you know? Oh, yeah. They like, are. Like one of my favorites of hers is uh, Heaven Can Wait. That one's really good. Uh-huh. But um, Mine is yeah. the songs that we sing. Oh, so good. So good, yeah. What's what's that one? It's, bunch, it's a series of letters and numbers. A-F-N- AF one six five. Zero, that uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> that one's that really one. good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. She, I, she, she's a treasure. I really love Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, but yeah, I couldn't figure out if yeah. she if she fit on this list or not. Um, I, I also have uh, some some Fr- Francoise Hardy stuff on here. Um, I, I, I was also thinking Daft Punk, but I couldn't. I couldn't commit to it. And um, there's there's a newer French band that I really enjoy. Um, well, A, they are newer. They are still active in making music. But B, they're also just very new to me. So, so they haven't really like marinated my brain enough for me to commit to the fact that they're my favorite. But I really enjoy them lately. Uh, their name is Junior, J-U-N-I-O-R-E. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, One day I was on a band camp and I came across them and um, they had that wonderful feature I love where it's like, hey, buy this band's complete discography for like 30% off. And I'm like, fuck yes. Thank you. Give me all of it, you know? <laughs> Sold. And, and um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have many albums, many EPs, many singles, and they all kind of fit that same 60s yaya vibe, but also with like a more modern kind of like floating through Dayquil kind of grooviness. <laughs> so I um, I really enjoy it. I really in- enjoy Junior. Nice. But uh, like I said, they, they are, they're quite new to me. So they have not quite uh, reached all-time favorite status, but they are French and I do like them very much right now. So that's mine. Yeah. Mm, cool. I'm going to check them out. They're good. Uh, let's see here. I guess the last thing we got to do before we close is do the employee recommendation shelf. Tara, mm-hmm. what do you want to put up there? You know, I think I'm actually going to keep paying homage to Stereo Lab with this mm. recommendation. Um, they just released it at the very end of February a compilation of their rarities. I think there's actually a, a like a collection of their collection of rarities, and this wow. is one called Electrically Possessed. Which, yeah, they have great band, uh, band great uh, album names, Electrically Possessed. And yeah, I'm going to recommend that one. It's great. It's, you know, full of just more songs from their, oh, it's called their Switched On compilation series, if if anyone um, is interested. Hmm. Um, but yeah. I'm very interested. It's good stuff. I dig it. Maybe, recommendation. I'll, maybe I'll take that right off the shelf. You should. Uh, I should. And replace it with what I would pick. Oh, please. I, I know you don't uh, work here, but pop something up there. Do you guys mind? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know, whenever I can talk about a radio department, I do mm. it. Um, I just do it. Yeah. They just, oh, they just blow my mind. Um, 
Probably my favorite current band. Not French, but Swedish. Uh, I would do Passive Aggressive, their 2011 album. That's what. That's my pick. That's my pick. There was a friend of mine uh, who, uh, on the same evening, introduced me to Cocteau Twins and the Radio Department on the same evening, and Whoa, I was like, "That's too much to handle in oh, one sitting." It was a lot, but it was. How all long good. did that take you to get through? I, I I can't claim I'm even done yet. You know, like no. like there's still so much from both of those bands, um, both literally and metaphorically. You know, like like wow. there's literally many records by both of them, but also the content and the depth of the quality of both of those bands is also very deep. So you know. You know, I'm honestly super jealous. I would love to be able to hear them both those bands for the first again. time again. Oh right, I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah. Well, now that's a good high fidelity game idea. Songs or bands you wish you could hear again for the oh, first time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like mm-hmm. if you could use the little Eternal Sunshine machine and yeah. remove <gasps> the we'll memory from to. your brain and and relive it for the first time, because especially. Um, even though the memories may have faded, we can all kind of remember the first time we heard X, Y, or Z, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we kind of know what that was like. And so, yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be wonderful to revisit that. And um, it's probably, you know, obviously kind of impossible, but yeah, fun thought experiment. I dig it. We should do that later mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, my, my recommendation for the shelf here, it's not really an album, but it is music related. Uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, we've all been coming up with weird things to keep ourselves entertained, uh, <laughs> things just to do to pass the time, whatever. Um, a big thing I've been doing, um, my history of playing music when I was a little kid, little kid, um, like, you know, six, seven, eight, something like that. My parents signed me up for piano lessons and I was like, oh, this is fun. Piano lessons. Yay. Then later on when I was like in middle school, um, I learned a bunch of brass instruments. So like trumpet, baritone, stuff like that. And then when I hit like, I don't know, 13, I was like, I'm playing the electric guitar. I'm a walking, talking <laughs> stereotype, you know? So that's what I became, you know, was like, Rock and roll, Kurt Cobain, 13 years old. You know, that's that's what mm-hmm. happened. We, we all mean, wanted to be that person. Exactly. Uh, I played bass and there was like, how many female bass guitar players in yeah, the 90s? It, it wow. Not enough. Walking stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what happened to me for the longest time was I was then a guitarist for many, 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 many years. Uh, lately during the pandemic, I was like, hey, I remember piano. I'm going to, I'm going to play more piano. And one thing that's really helped me get back into piano was this wonderful computer program I came across. I bet a lot of people have heard of it, but if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's called Melodics, M-E-L-O-D-I-C-S. And um, the best thing I can say about it is that it's basically like playing Guitar Hero, but with a real piano. So that's like the structure of like, you see like the little notes floating down and you hit them at the right time, blah, blah, blah. But oh, yeah. but you're not just strumming on a toy. You're actually hitting real keys on a real piano. So that being the case, you need to have a keyboard uh, that actually plugs into your computer, you know, like some sort of like MIDI keyboard type thing, which are relatively easy to get. Um, and then um, the other great thing about them is that they are like, it's part of like their, their advertising and like part of their, their hook is like, Hey, you know why a lot of people don't stick with um, like, you know, music lessons is they're not interested in the music that they're playing. You know, people are so used to like playing these like old standards, like green sleeves or whatever. 
let's play something new. Let's play something modern. So they cover all kinds of modern genres and I really enjoy it. Um, so I'm going to play a little clip of one of my favorite songs on there. This is from their chiptune section on how to, how learning how to play stuff on the keyboard. This song is called $20 Winked at Me. So yeah, that, that's that's an example of how strange they can get. And in addition, uh, here's another thing I love. Um, on my personal MIDI keyboard, I also have like the pads, like the, the drum machine pads. And they have a whole section on melodics for learning to play, you know, drum machine pads as well. So you can also fool around with that. So that, anyway. Cool. During- no, I love this. I actually yeah. busted out my keyboard that I've had since I was 17 right. during pandemic so this is exactly what I need. It, it's it's tons of fun. It's it's um it, it gamifies learning how to play instruments, you know, and super it, cool. It's fun. Fun is c'est fun. Super. Yeah, fun is c'est, fun. C'est <laughs> learning, super. learning is fun. Fun is fun. Games are fun. Uh, yeah. well, unfortunately, I think it's time for us to start closing up. But uh, thank you, everyone in the record store, for coming in today. We really appreciate you. Extra special thanks to Sam Kranz for uh, joining us today and actually playing along the game with us. Uh, you're one Merci. of our favorite customers. Merci beaucoup. Derien. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. It means you're welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what else would you say after you say thank Maybe you? Maybe she said fuck you. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it did sound a lot like derriere. Yes. <laughs> You guys are ter- <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. Uh, you're all the greatest, but the store is officially closed. Happy trails, everyone. Until we meet again. Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society. Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You've been planning this for months. Hope you're wearing your long johns today, hunters. Gotta be nippy out there. The big day is finally here. Welcome to opening day here at Sportsman's Warehouse. This is your big shot to gear up for unforgettable at the Sportsman's Warehouse Grand Opening, Thursday through Sunday, October 14th through the 16th, off Summit Park Drive near Walmart. Or visit us at sportsmans.com. Hi, this is Allie Wentworth, host of Go Ask Alley. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. You told me you chased him with a butcher knife (laughs) and tried to cut off his penis, but that's his version and everybody has a different version. Everybody has two two sides of every story. Exactly. All new episodes of Go Ask Alley release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Alley on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I did. He seemed like a killer to you? Cavalry Audio, in association with iHeartRadio, presents the new podcast, Verdict. Some people think he's definitely guilty. Others be like, no way. 
He signed a full confession. I can't but close my eyes and not see their faces. Verdict. Premieres October 19th. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.